said to someone. And afterwards, you totally regret it. Maybe it was a spouse, uh, one of your children, uh, maybe a coworker, or an employer, or uh, just someone else, whether you're out and about. You said something, and you messed up, and you know you messed up. Maybe it is something you did, uh, an action that you did towards someone, and afterwards you knew, I have messed up. I mean, I have messed up, and you find yourself being totally heartbroken over that mess up. And floods of emotions start coming over your heart and your mind, and you begin to think things that are not true, but you begin to think them. How could a Christian do that? Are you even saved? And the devil, the adversary, the only adversary we have, for we do not fight against flesh and blood, but principalities and the evil of the world, the only adversary we have, begins to flood your mind to say, how dare you do that? You must not be saved. A Christian would never do something like that. And so then you allow that mess up to control you. It becomes a prison for you. It holds you back. It keeps you from living a godly life that God would have you to live. You keep returning back to the mess up, back to the mistake, back to where you had fallen away. I want to share a story with you from the Scriptures of someone who did the exact same thing. He messed up. And the thing about this story is he knew he messed up. But first I want to read for you in John chapter 21. John chapter 21, if it were not for John chapter 21, you and I would not see the faithfulness of Christ in our mess-ups. We would not see how God is faithful not only in our obedience but also in our disobedience, our mess-ups and our mistakes. So in John chapter 21, starting in verse 15, if you find your place, you'll stand with me as we read the Scriptures together. John 21, Jesus speaking to Peter. I often see myself in Peter. I sometimes think my mom misnamed me. She could have called me Simon Peter. When I read the New Testament and I read about Peter's life, I see myself, John 21, starting in verse 15, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told him. A second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. Verse 17, he asked him a third time. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that he asked a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus says, feed my sheep. Let's pray. Father, I have no ability to apply the scriptures. I, I don't 
attempt to do so. But Father, I pray that the restoration of Peter's heart will become the application. That God, when we see Christ interacting with Peter who had failed him, who had made a mistake, messed up. When we see how Christ comes in and offers forgiveness and love to Peter. God, I pray that that is our application. And may it be the main point of what is said today. In Jesus' name we pray together. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. When you read John chapter 21, alone, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You have Jesus who knows all things. Peter reminds Jesus of that. Asking Peter three different times, do you love me? Peter says, well, you know I know. I love you. Well, feed my sheep. Jesus, do you love me? Well, God, Jesus, you know I love you. You know that. Well, shepherd my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Peter's grieved in his heart. He says, God, you know I love you. you. You know everything. You know I love you. He says, shepherd my sheep. Feed my sheep three times. And when you read that alone, you could get some great application, but when you know what happened prior to this interaction, it draws a lot more meaning out. And so let's look at the life of Peter in Luke chapter 5. I just want to tell you a story. And when we read the story of Peter, know that the Scripture is talking to you and me And just maybe we could put ourselves in the life of Peter. In Luke chapter 5, we're introduced to Peter. Starting in the first part of chapter 5, Jesus is coming and there's this crowd pressing in on him. And he's wanting to teach. He's standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats at the edge of the lake. These fishermen were there. They were washing their nets. They had been fishing all night. Fishing all night, it was tiresome. It was uh, laboring all night fishing. And he gets in one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon Peter, and said, put out a little from the land because he wanted to teach people. He wanted to teach the crowd that was pressing in on him. And verse 4 says, when they had finished speaking, he told Simon Peter, put out into deep water and let your nets down. And, I mean, there's some honesty here. And he says, look, we worked hard all night. We hadn't caught a thing. I mean, we've been fishing all night. It's, we've labored. We are tired. We're washing our nets, trying to mend some of those nets. And, man, we're just trying to fix the nets so we can go back out tomorrow night. And we've, we've done it all night. We haven't caught anything. But, I mean, if you say so, we'll do it. I mean, if you, if you just want us to, we will do that. So they do. They, the Bible says they caught a great number of fish. Their nets began to break. So he signaled to the partners of the boat to come over and to help fill them because their boats were so full of fish they began to sink. Simon Peter saw this, fell at Jesus' feet, knees, says, Go away from me, Lord, because I'm a sinful man. Verse 9, For all those with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. And look what Jesus said, starting in verse 10. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you will be catching people. Then they brought the boats to land, left everything, and followed him. 
We have Peter who fished all night, him and his brothers, and fishing all night. Hadn't caught a thing. Some of y'all know about that. Fish and fish and fish, don't catch anything. Fished all night, didn't catch a thing. These were experienced fishermen. This is their job. They know how to fish. They know what they're doing. They have all the equipment. They have everything they need to catch fish, yet there was no fish in those nets. And then Jesus comes along. Let's go out in the deep. Put your net out. Listen here, bro. I'm not saying you don't know what you're doing, but we know what we're doing. We are fishermen. This is what we do. You're a rabbi. You stayed in school. We did not. We left school. We were not good enough. We are fishermen. We know what we're doing. But if you say so, nevertheless, we'll do it. They catch large nets of fish, and the nets begin to break. Called his buddies over. They begin to help because the boat began to sink with all the fish. And they begin to realize who they're dealing with. And Peter says, look, get away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. And Jesus says, listen here, I'm not for that. I, I'm here to tell you from now on, you're not going to fish for fish. You're going to fish for people. You need to come follow me. And what, did he, what does he do? He follows the Lord Jesus. He becomes a disciple. Salvation moment in his life. Well, then you flip over. You flip over to Luke chapter 22. We see Peter again. Luke chapter 22. In verse 31, Jesus, looking at Peter, says, Simon, Simon, look out. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. <clears throat> but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Look at Peter. Lord, he told him, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. I'm with you, brother. I'm with you, Jesus. I'm ready to go. If you're going to prison, I'm going to prison. If you're going to die, I'm going to die. I'm with you the whole way. Jesus says, verse 34, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you deny three times that you know me. So you have a salvation of Peter. Jesus calls Peter into salvation. He calls Peter to follow him. He got saved. He's, he's excited about this uh, being a disciple of Christ. Then Jesus comes to him and says, listen, the devil's wanting to sift you like wheat, brother, and I'm praying that your faith will not fail you. What does Peter say? No, not me. No, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm ready to go. Prison or death, I'm with you, Jesus. Jesus says, well, the rooster will not crow today until you deny three times. Look over verse, starting in verse 54. They seized him. Jesus led him away and brought him into the high priest's house. Meanwhile, Peter was following at a distance. Oh, now we're at a distance. They lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together. And Peter sat among them. When a servant saw him sitting in the light and looked closely at him, she said, this man was with him too. Meaning, he was with this Jesus guy. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him. Oh, wait a minute. I thought we was with Jesus. I thought we were with you. Prison, death, whatever. He says, look, woman, I don't know him. After a little while, someone else saw him and said, you're, you're one of them too. Man, I am not, Peter said. I am not. I'm not one of the disciples. I do not know him. 
About an hour later, another kept insisting, this man was certainly with him since he's also a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Immediately when he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. Look at verse 61. A mess up. He has messed up. Then the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Can you imagine that moment? Jesus, I'm with you. I'm with you. If, if, if they try to deny you, they're going to deny me. If, if you're going to prison, I'm going. If you're going to death, I'm going. And he denies them three times. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. So Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. Verse 62. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. You know why? Because Peter messed up. He messed up. Big time. Peter messed up big time. Peter knew the whole time. He knew Jesus, loved Jesus. He followed Jesus, was a disciple of Jesus. But he messed up. And like you and like me, we've messed up. Any mess-up mistake in your life is a denial of Christ. It is a, uh, an act of disobedience to the Lord. Any sin that you have in your life, it is a moment in your heart that says, God, you don't matter, I do. This matters. And Peter messed up. And so then we get to John chapter 21. We find Peter again. You know, the one that denied Jesus in the presence of Jesus. He's denying him. We all say what we would do in certain moments until that moment happens. And then we realize what we would really do in those moments. Peter says, no, Jesus, I'd never do that. No, you don't know me. I would never do that. And then the moment happened, Peter denies him and he messes up. And then we read in John chapter 21, Starting in verse 1 of John 21, after this, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples were together. What does Simon Peter say? I'm going fishing. Simon Peter said to them. What did they say? We're coming with you, they told him. They went out and got into the boat, but... That night they caught nothing. When daybreak came, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not uh, know it was Jesus' friends. Jesus called to them, you don't have any fish, do you? No. Been doing this all night, hadn't caught anything. Cast the net on the right side of the boat, he told them, and you'll find some. So they did, and they were unable to haul it in because of the large number of fish. The disciple, the one Jesus loved, said to Peter, said to Peter, it's the Lord. Uh-oh, it's him. Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord. He tied his outer clothing around him, for he had taken it off and plunged into the sea. Since they were not far from the land, about a 100 yards away, the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire with fish lying on it and bread. Bring some of the fish you've You've just caught. Jesus told them, 
So Simon Peter climbed up and hauled the net ashore. He hauled it himself. Just a minute ago, they had the disciples came in the boat dragging the net full of fish. And all of a sudden, you see Simon Peter climbed up and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Come and have breakfast, Jesus told them. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. And then we get to our passage. And Jesus turns and just has a conversation with Peter. Peter, do you love me? What a moment that was for Peter. One of the last times he saw Jesus and had a conversation with him. Jesus says, you're going to deny me. And he said, no, I won't. I will never do that. And he does three times. And the last, you, you can imagine the look that Jesus gave Peter in that moment. I bet Peter never forgot that look. Almost like a look of disappointment or a look of I told you. And I want to share just a couple things with you from this passage. That you and I learn in the moments where we mess up. The first one is very simple. Mess-ups are going to happen and often lead us away from Christ. Mess-ups or mistakes, whatever you want to call them, they're going to happen, and they have happened in your life. And the worst part about them is they lead us away from Christ. You remember in Luke chapter 5, Peter had once forsaken all to follow Christ. He left the boats, he left his job, he left the, the only way to make money for his family, he left the nets, he left it all, he forsake it all to follow Christ. He let it all go. And now in John chapter 21, what does he do? He says, I'm going fishing. I'm going to go fishing. Oftentimes mistakes and mess-ups in your life will pull and drag you away from Christ back to your old life. Back to your old ways of doing things. Was Peter a fisherman? No. God called him from that. He saved him from that. God said, you're going to do this. And he messed up. And what do our mess-ups do? They draw us away from Christ and right back into our old life. Our old desires, our old wants, the old man sneaks up in our life. And that's exactly what happened to Peter. I'm going to go fishing. What else happens in our mess-ups? Not only do you lead your life away from Christ, but you bring others with you. Not only do you drag yourself away from the throne of God, you bring other people with you. What do they say? We're going to. We're going to. We're go, we'll go fishing with you. Mess-ups are going to happen. They lead us away from Christ. They lead us away from what God has for us. He brings guys with them, leading them astray too. These quote-unquote followers of Christ are entering into well-meaning but unscriptural activities. It's not a bad thing to be a fisherman. That's just not what God has called you to do. They're well-meaning, but they're unscriptural. They're well-meaning jobs, but that is not God called them from that. 
And what do they do all night? They waste time. They waste money. They waste energy. For what? For nothing. Nothing. This is what mess-ups do in our life. We go back to well-meaning things, but they're unscriptural activities. This is not what God called them to do. They're wasting their time. They're all for nothing. How about you? Are you living? Are you doing what God has called you to do? Are you walking in abandonment and not living the life Christ has called you to live? Have you gone back to your old ways? Have you gone back to your old life all because of one mistake? All because of one mess up? I would dare to make this statement. And only because I've talked to so many people in my short years of ministry, there is a high number of Christ followers, church members, who allow their past mistakes to keep them from living the life God called them to live. Go make disciples. I can't because of these mistakes that I've made. God can't use me. Look at what I've done. Preacher, God can't do amazing things in my life because of my past mistakes. It's led you away from the Lord. After your mess-ups and mistakes, you can walk away from the Lord, but remember what God says. Remember what Jesus says. Your mess-ups, your your mistakes, they cause you to walk away from the Lord, this falling away and going back to your old ways, your old potty mouth, your old uh, bad conversations, your old attitude, your old desires. You can go back to that, but you remember something Jesus says, that without me, you can do nothing. And what did these men do all night? Nothing. They worked hard, they were sweating all night, casting nets, casting nets, casting nets. And what they have discovered is Jesus saying, without me, you can't do anything. You can do nothing. I hope you know that in your own life. Number two, in our mistakes, we are often reminded of our first encounter with Christ. In our mess-ups, in our mistakes, We are often reminded of our first encounter with Christ. You've been there. I've been there. You mess up. You say something you shouldn't have. You you do something you shouldn't have. And you know it was wrong. You knew it was wrong before you did it, and you did it anyway. And, And oftentimes that mistake and mess up reminds us of the day we met the Lord. And that's what happened with Peter. You look at verse 6 of John 21, cast the net on the right side of the boat, he told them, and you'll find some. (laughs) What a great reminder for Peter on that day. Because the day Jesus called Peter into being a disciple of his, he told him the exact same thing to do back in Luke chapter 5. Just go out in the deep, throw your net out. And you'll find some fish. You got to think in that moment, Peter, Peter begins to think about that day. Christ reminding him of the day he called him into uh, salvation, calling him into following him. The large catch reminded him of the same large catch the day he submitted himself to the Lord. 
And then you keep reading as they, as they go on to the shore. And they got on the land, verse 9, they saw a charcoal fire with fish lying on it and bread. The coals of the fire, Jesus prepared a reminder for Peter when he stood with others while Jesus was being questioned and when he was asked and denied Jesus three times. You remember when Jesus is being questioned and it says there was a fire and they were standing around the fire and the light of the fire was on Peter and they said, no, 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 you, you, you know him too. Yeah, 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 you were with him. And you got to think as Peter's coming to shore, he sees the same, those coals of fire that is, that is glowing on the shore and it's a reminder of the day he messed up. It's a reminder of the day he denied Christ and messed up. You also think about the location. The Sea of Galilee. Reminding Peter of all the great moments he had with the Lord Jesus. Oftentimes when you mess up in your life, you remember all the great things God has done for you. And you got to think, Peter, in the moment of the Sea of Galilee, he remembers the 5,000 plus that Christ fed that day. He remembers the day that Jesus walked on water, calling him onto the water. He remembers Jesus speaking to the storm to give peace to the storm. He remembers all of that. Mistakes and mess-ups often remind us of our encounter with the Lord. The same happens to me, the same happens to us. We think back on the day we were saved and ask those questions, am I really saved? Christian wouldn't do that. We think back of when we were more faithful and wish we were there now. And that's exactly what's happening in Peter's life. He's being reminded of the day he got saved, the day Christ called him, and reminded, reminder of the, all the times, the wonderful moments in the life of Christ that he saw Jesus do. And then Jesus has this conversation with him starting in verse 15, do you love me? And we're reminded of number three, you are not defined by your mess up, Christ defines you, not your mistakes. Your life is not defined by your many mistakes, but your life is defined by Christ. He defines you. And so you have this conversation of Jesus, this restoration moment for Peter. Do you love me? Peter says, I do. Jesus, you know that. You know I love you. Have you had that moment in your life? Your mistakes, all your mess-ups are brought to your attention. And you can either allow those mistakes and mess-ups to control your heart and life, to keep you in bondage of your mistakes, or you can come to Christ and hear Him say, Do you love me? Yes, Jesus, you know I do. You know I do. So many people allow their past mistakes to define them. We let them control us, keep us discouraged. But we see what Jesus does with Peter after his past mistakes. He offers restoration and forgiveness. It's a huge difference between sonship and discipleship. 
You see, the day that Peter got saved in Luke chapter 5, he became a son of God. He was saved, but at some point in his life, he lost discipleship. He had a falling away. So you can be saved but not be a disciple because disciples follow. And that day that Peter denied Christ, he was not following Christ. He never lost his sonship. He never lost his salvation. The same is with you. When you sin and make mistakes and mess ups, you don't lose your salvation. You fall away from your following that time. You quit following in that moment. You don't lose your salvation. You don't lose your sonship. And we pray that it is only a temporary falling away. For this reason, Jesus repeats himself in verse 19. Luke, uh, excuse me, John 21, verse 19, he said this to indicate by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. After saying this, he told him what? Follow me. Follow me. The same words Jesus told Peter the day he got saved. What a great reminder for Peter of forgiveness and restoration. Peter, I know what you did. Man, I know. This is great news for Peter. These were words of redemption, words of forgiveness, words of affirmation, words of joy and excitement. Peter, in his heart, Christ has not forsaken me. He has not forsaken me. He is faithful. God is faithful. Christ is faithful. Not only does Peter experience forgiveness, but Christ calls him to a greater work. From day one, God called Peter to be a disciple. Now God is calling Peter to be a pastor, to shepherd the flock, to lead people. Peter's moving from simply being a disciple to being a pastor, a preacher. Listen, God will do the same for you. He may not call you to be a pastor, but God will call you to greater works, to greater things. Don't you dare think that your mistakes are greater than the forgiveness of God in your life. Said, preacher, I can't forgive myself. The Bible does not tell you to forgive yourself. Stop trying to forgive yourself. What you are saying is your level of forgiveness, the criteria of your forgiveness is greater than the forgiveness offered by Christ on the cross. And I will tell you this, it is not. It is not. I've had that said to me over and over. Preacher, I can't forgive myself. To which I say, well, stop trying. Nobody said that you got to forgive yourself. The Bible does not say forgive yourself, but Christ offers forgiveness. Christ offers that forgiveness for you. Stop letting your mistakes and your mess ups hold you back. He can move you on to greater works. In John chapter 22, we find Peter living life, living a life of, excuse me, 21, living a life of falling away from Christ. He goes back to the life God called him out of, but we also see Jesus seeking him out. See, without John chapter 21, we would miss out on the faithfulness of Christ. We would wonder, whatever happened to Peter? Whatever happened to him when he denied the Lord Jesus? 
How did Christ respond to Peter? How did Christ respond to Peter when he messed up? And that's why we have John chapter 21. We see the faithfulness of Christ in our mess-ups. If not for Peter confessing his sin, reaffirming his love for Christ, we would not see Peter in Acts 1 leading thousands of people to the Lord Jesus. We turn over to Acts and we see Peter leading thousands to Christ. If it were not for him confessing sin, reaffirming his love for the Lord, you can do the same. We would not see Peter being used to bring thousands with the gospel. God was able to use Peter because he made things right with the Lord. What about you? Dear believer, dear Christian in the room, come back to the cross of forgiveness. Stop allowing your mistakes and your mess-ups to hold you back from what God has for you. He has great works planned before you walk in them. Offer or receive the forgiveness that God has given you. Go back to the cross. Confess your sins. Reaffirm your love for Him. And walk in the newness of life. Let God move in your heart. Dear non-believer, Jesus has taken the penalty of your mistakes. He has taken the penalty of your sin. And they were nailed to the cross with Christ put into a tomb. And yet Christ conquers those. You saw a story of a lady who gets home late at night, hears someone in her apartment or home, thinks it's an intruder and shoots that person, kills them. Come to find out, it was not her apartment. She had somehow walked into the wrong one. She was just very tired. It doesn't mean it was okay thing to do, but that was the excuse. And, and so many of you saw all over social media and the news at the hearing where this lady was going to be sentenced to pay for her penalty the brother of the young man who was shot and killed testifies before the court and offers forgiveness for her. She, he says, I love you. Same woman that took her, his brother. I love you. And I offer forgiveness for you. And I want nothing but the best for you. And then he does something rather intriguing. He asked the judge, can I give her a hug? Can I give her a hug? And in a moment of hesitation, the judge seemingly being a Christ follower herself, yes. And you see the woman who killed this man's brother and him in a moment of forgiveness embracing in a courtroom. And while all of that is wonderful, and forgiveness is wonderful, it is not the ultimate picture of Christ. This woman messed up. She messed up. And Christ, in the moment, the, the, the picture, and in the, um, the severity of our mess up, Christ not only asked the judge, can I give him a hug? But in that moment of forgiveness, in that moment of giving the guilty one a hug, Christ also looks back at the judge and says, I'll go to prison for her. 
you can let this woman go free. I will take her penalty. Let her go free. But she's guilty. I know. I know. I know she's guilty. We all know she's guilty of a mess up. Jesus looks at the judge and says, I'll take her place. Let me go on her behalf. Listen, that's what Christ has done for you. In all of your mess-ups and your mistakes, Christ went before the judge and says, I will take their place. Let me take the penalty of their mistakes. And he went to the cross for you, to the tomb, and he now sits at the right hand of the Father, calling you you to him. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, for the dear believer in this room, Lord, even as we have read the Scriptures and discussed the Scriptures, God, I have no doubt that either you or our adversary has brought to their attention their mistakes, have brought to their attention all of their mess-ups. But God, the application, I, I don't have one, but the application comes from the Scriptures that in the moment of Peter's mess-up, Jesus comes to offer forgiveness. Peter confesses that sin, reaffirms his love for the Lord Jesus, and God pushes him to greater works, to see greater things, greater levels of faithfulness. Listen, dear believer, dear Christian, is that you? Are you living a life of a mistake and mess-ups to where it is pulling you down, it is causing you to be sluggish in your faithfulness? May the application now be the same for Peter. Come, confess your sin, reaffirm your love for the Lord Jesus, and walk away in great, greater works of faithfulness today. Is that you? Do you need that? Your mistakes don't define you. Christ does. And when God looks down on your life, He does not see your mistakes. He sees Christ. He sees the Lord Jesus. And if God is not punishing you, if God is not allowing your mistakes to hold you down, may you not do so either. So come, pray, seek forgiveness. Put your mistakes at the cross where they died with Christ years ago. And you walk in greater levels of faithfulness. Or maybe you're an unbeliever. You've got mistakes in your life too. Christ has come to take your place. He can make those mistakes disappear, the Bible says. And God will remember them no more. I pray you receive that salvation today. The same call that Jesus had on Peter's life is the same call he has on your life right now. Follow me. Follow me. Do you need that this morning to follow Jesus? In a moment we stand and sing. It's an invitation. We're inviting you to do the same thing Peter did was to follow Christ. It's the same way you pray, confess your sins to the Lord Jesus. Affirm your love for him. And follow the Lord Jesus as a disciple of Christ.
I'll be down front. I know Pastor John, Pastor Matt will be here as well. Love to pray with you. Listen, don't let your mistakes keep you from coming to the Lord Jesus. Don't let them. We see a great example in the scriptures that Jesus is better and he's more powerful and he has taken our mistakes to the cross. Father, have your way. God, may we be a church that is walking in great levels of faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Will you stand and sing with us?